It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, we answer the question everyone's been asking for a whole month now. Should the Raptors trade OG Ananobi or not? And if so, for whom or what should they trade him for? We'll get into all of that on today's show with Joe Wolfond of The Score and Pound the Rock. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. So. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1334 of Lockdown Raptors for Friday, February the 3rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast audio apps, Apple, Spotify, Google, the whole nine yards. And of course, we are on YouTube. You can go hit the big red subscribe button, support the show in video form every single day. Get to see my mug and the mugs of all of my more esteemed guests on the show as well so please go do that support the show and a big thank you uh, on the note of supporting the show to our friends at linkedin linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba all right on today's show no more oh maybe they should look at trading an og oh maybe he's a guy they could look at doing oh is it what, what should the raptors do with the deadline no on today, we are talking about the definitive deep dive into whether or not the Raptors should trade OG Ananobi. By the end of this show, you will have our answers as to whether or not that's something the Raptors should do between now and February 9th. And here to dig, dig into it all is the man who I DM more fake trades than anybody else in the whole wide world. It is Joe Wolfond of The Score and Pound the Rock, the very best NBA podcast there is. Joe, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. You know, it's uh, my favorite thing to do is congregate cook up some fake trades for our broken team it's uh, a joy many people are saying that they knew the season was officially over when you the the captain of the it's fine club was was finally broken by this uh dysfunctional squad yeah that jazz game it was a three-point loss that uh has to be the most dispiriting three-point loss ever 
uh, thrown on the board. Really, really rough stuff. And so, yeah, I'm full yeah. on uh, trade everything. Trade everybody. Who cares? Mode. Probably not, you know, to the extreme of move Pascal Siakam or anything like that. But certainly OG, I think now, as I've said on the show this week, is someone you have to look at dealing. Joe, I will ask you, first off, uh, what do you think the Raptors should do with OG? Should they keep him? Should they look at paying him and extending him this offseason? Or should they trade him in the next six days for as much as they can possibly get? I mean, they can't, they're not going to extend him this offseason. He's not going to accept an extension hmm. unless, I guess, those extension rules change in a new CBA framework that gets worked out between now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, I guess, kind of an outside possibility. But, you know, barring that, I, I say this all the time, and it's like the cop out answer of all cop out answers, but it just <laughs> it, like depends what's out there yeah. and what you could get. By most accounts, you can probably get something pretty good. And, you know, I've been saying this for a while. I just don't know that there's ever going to be a better time to trade OG Ananobi. In fact, I'm pretty sure that there's not. And that yeah. doesn't, you know, you know, pr- preclude the possibility of keeping him. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that would be a bad outcome if they did, but mm-hmm. they might ultimately come to view it as a missed opportunity. I just think for... The teams around the league, especially in this season when things do feel so wide open and so many teams can talk themselves into being in the mix and having a chance to make a push here late in the season and a player like OG maybe putting them over the top. Mm -hmm. At this time, you know, on top of the fact that just like the idea of getting him for two playoff runs versus one, I, I think that's a pretty big difference. And so... Like, even if you were to wait till the offseason, I think you would be selling him short. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think now's the time to move him. It hurts to say uh, he's, you know, obviously a, a beloved player here and has had some huge moments and been, you know, in, in his own unique way, like a, a, a charismatic presence as part of this organization <laughs> and, um, you know, a, a wonderful on-court development story as well. I just think given where the team is at and what they need, uh, I, I think it would be really hard to justify keeping him past the deadline. Yeah, I mean, the argument, I suppose, on waiting is, you know, you get to the off season and maybe there are more teams who can throw their hat in the ring. That said, there are probably going to be other star players who shake loose based on the playoff results. And yeah. OG what's the, what's will the, no longer... What's the, argument for yeah. their, what's the argument for there being more teams... Just in the mix in the offseason, you get more picks become available for teams like as, it, as the league year resets, you have <laughs> more teams that maybe talk themselves into, you know, this is the time for us to make a win now type move. Whereas, you know, maybe you're confined to contenders who have the salaries to match right now. But the point that I'm trying to get to is that, like, yes, that may be true in the offseason, but he's not going to be the bell of the ball, right? Like, there are going to be other guys who shake loose mm-hmm. and thus are the guys who the bidding wars happen over. And right now, OG is the bell of the ball. He is probably the best player with a significant chance of moving between now and Thursday. And if there are contenders out there who fancy themselves one OG away from being a championship contender or even winning the whole damn thing, becoming the favorites, then this seems like the time to drive that bidding war. We've already heard the leaks of, oh, Memphis doesn't want the Pelicans to get them. The Pelicans don't want Memphis to get them. Great leaking, Raptors. Good job. Uh, But like... If you can get an actual bidding war going between these teams who are incentivized right now to go and try to win a chip this season in this weird league of parody, and you know who knows how long this is going to last, 
it feels like the time to strike while the iron's hot. The, the Let's take a look quickly at the downsides of trading OG because they, they could happen. There could be, this could be the type of trade that blows up in your face. OG goes somewhere else, expands his offensive repertoire, whatever it is. You don't get to lock him into that next contract. You're grimacing. I, I also think he's maybe not going to do that. But for argument's sake, the sort of devil's advocate, you can't trade OG faction. Is there an argument that, that kind of sits with you, at least as a, a pretty decent counterpoint to all the points we just made in favor of moving him right now? The counterpoint is you want to try to win in the next couple of years mm-hmm. and nothing that you're going to get back. I mean, not nothing. I mean, we can talk about, you know, the, the different types of ways that they could still do that, but it's going to be really hard to bring something back in a trade that's going to help you win in the next couple of years more than OG would. And he is a very rare and valuable player type. And I, I don't even want to call him a player type because he is so unique, right? Like there aren't mm-hmm. a lot of guys like this where you can give him any defensive assignment, literally any single one. I mean, maybe like, you know, it's not ideal to have him guarding the Embiid's and Jokic's of the world, but uh, we've honestly seen him do that in the past and have a reasonable amount of success doing it. And obviously that requires, you know, a lot of help, but that requires help no matter who's guarding those guys. Like you can put him on a center, you can put him on a point guard, you can put him on everybody in between. He can defend on the ball. He defends extremely well in a team context. Like it's just, I've heard a lot of people say, well, okay, like Precious Achua's ascendance is going to make it easier to stomach. Like he can kind of slide into that OG role. And I think that's overstating things as much as I <laughs> love Precious Achua and, and think he does have a really high ceiling, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. To, to have somebody, to find somebody who can do what OG Ananobi can do defensively, who can also provide value for you at the offensive end. I think, you know, there's been some frustration for sure with the way that he's stagnated at that end of the floor and he hasn't shot the ball especially well this season by his standards. He's never really figured out how to shoot off of the dribble. Mm-hmm. You know, he just has always been a little bit stiff and awkward in terms of stringing dribble moves together and his balance and footwork isn't the cleanest. So that's why like I grimaced when you're like, yeah, maybe he goes somewhere else and, and refines his offensive game. Like I just... I don't know that I see that happening, but even like just the player that he is right now is an incredibly valuable player and it hurts to lose that. Like you could spend the next 15 years looking for exactly that player. I mean, think about how long the Raptors did spend looking for their starting small forward. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> a road like, littered with Damari's Carroll and Sonny's Weems and on down the line. Boy, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. So yeah. You, you send that guy out the door and, you know, there's no guarantee that you are going to find anything resembling a replacement for him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the downside. You're trading yeah. a really good, rare, valuable player uh, who has grown up in your organization, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not an easy thing to do by any means. And it might mean, like, if you can't replace that and if a defense that has already shown significant cracks this season continues to falter uh you know or it gets worse because you've lost essentially the best defender in it you know the mm-hmm. one the one guy the glue that was kind of holding it together to the extent that you could say it's been held together this season <laughs> yeah, that, that's some uh like grade one yellow glue that looks like honey ass glue if we're talking <laughs> well or i mean the raptors you're talking about OG Anobi, it's super yeah. strong glue it's just like the fractures are so 
yeah. multifarious. It's, it's material but... to which you can't apply adhesive. Uh, <laughs> yes, <necessarily. certainly. laughs> um, So that's that's the thing. And like, if that happens, then you might be looking at a situation where you're like, oh man, like there's really no hope of us doing anything meaningful in the next couple of years. And at that point, you know, you start having to think about whether it makes sense to hold on to Pascal Siakam, you know, mm-hmm. whether it makes sense to even prioritize the next couple of years, or if you need to start thinking long, long term. Right. And I think if you are going to trade OG, you have to be at least open to that possibility. You have to understand that, that, you know, I mean, again, depending on what, what type of return they get, but if it's like a pick heavy return rather than a, a player heavy return, then for sure the thought process has to be, or at least it has to be front of mind that like this could go really sideways Mm -hmm. and it might need to, ultimately resemble more of a full-scale teardown for sure and i think ultimately the reason i'm in on it is because it might be the one thing that prevents you from having to go full-scale teardown if you can get enough back for og right now whether it's players or picks or a combination of both the picks you can use in the off season to to make other moves if you'd like or maybe you just get lucky and get a couple rookies into the draft next year including with your own pick which is probably going to be very good uh who can kind of come in and contribute in at like a rotation level just to give you actual bench play like you haven't had in who knows how long um you know maybe that is the argument is that you can use OG as a vessel by which to balance out the roster and better equip it to compete as of next season than you would just kind of hanging on to OG with a mix of players that we already know is flawed and doesn't quite align on the court with one another. We're going to come back on the other side, Joe, and get into the idea of what exactly the Raptors should be looking for in return for OG. Players versus picks, any particular players who stand out as apples of our eyes. We'll get to all that in just one second. Uh, While I do that, I'll read this uh, little little, little note from our friends over at LinkedIn. I'm just going to go have Joe look at his uh, most recent Twitter notifications from Shams Charania. Uh, (laughs) Because something just dropped in the middle of recording this that uh, is, you know, maybe the most predictable, least predictable, who knows, NBA news of all time. Joe, I'll drop you down while you go absorb the Kyrie Irving thing. All right. (laughs) Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. Brooklyn Nets should have maybe taken that note as well at some point before making the team made of the players they have right now. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with players who have the skills, or people that is, who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, their company, and 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates right away. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. So you're not interviewing people who do not fit the bill of what you're looking for with your job. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, we continue on here with our OG Ananobi deep dive and uh, looking at whether or not to trade him for Kyrie Irving. Uh, <laughs> Joe, if no, you need to Katie, leave, man, come on, Katie's got to be back on the table now. Let's go. I mean, oh, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> let me fire up the trade machine. See if we can uh, sift through there. Um, boy, oh boy, yeah, that's a that's a that's a bomb to drop as we record a podcast here in the afternoon. Uh, which by the time you hear this will be old news. Either way, excuse us if we're a little bit uh, frazzled as as, uh, the whole Kyrie Irving thing just happened once again. OG, the return, players, picks. Uh, I I guess, Joe, for you, looking around the various potential deals, obviously, you know, there have been the rumors of, oh, they can get three first-round picks for OG. I don't think that's actually been reported anywhere as they've been offered three first-round picks. The Knicks, obviously, not all of their first-round picks are made equal. Some are real first-round picks. Some are heavily protected from other teams. All of that. Um, There's this also thing, I think that's maybe kind of a trend that might form in the NBA here with... As much talent as there is across the league, as you know, kind of, I think, dispersed all the picks are from good teams to these bad teams that are all hoarding them to make the, the sort of pick market weird. The response to the Rudy Gobert trade, it seems as though there might be more traction for deals between teams that are just players for players who fit better in these different locations. And so I think that's a very interesting potential ground to look into with OG here too. If you're the Raptors, would you prefer a pick heavy package, player heavy package, something involving both? What's your sort of dream outcome here? If you're shipping off OG and Anobi at the deadline. Tyrese Maxey, man, that's, that's the dream outcome for me. And, um, if you are a pound the rock listener, you know that we've discussed <laughs> this possibility a couple of times. I just think that it makes a lot of sense for both sides. And I, you know, I don't think it's realistic, but that is sort of what I have in mind as kind of my ideal outcome where mm-hmm. you get back a young player who kind of better fits the needs of the team. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, there's certainly an argument to be made that you're kind of like plugging one hole by opening up another one. Mm -hmm. But I think there are ways that you can plug that hole, you know, the OG hole Mm -hmm. um, a lot more easily than you would be able to the kind of lead guard, um, you know, situation that has become pretty dire in my opinion. And I know like, Everyone's going to say like the the offense hasn't been the problem this year. They've kind of flirted yeah. with top 10 at the offensive end and mm-hmm. really the defense has been the issue and you know swapping OG Ananobi for Tyrese Maxey is not going to help in that regard. But you know, I I do continue to feel like those two ends of the floor are very connected mm-hmm. and making things easier on yourself at the offensive end could help smooth things out at the defensive end, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're despite the fact that they are hovering around top 10 in offense, which is insane, they're like 29th in true shooting percentage. You know, like yeah. the, the fact that they have managed to do that <laughs> is a miracle. And the lengths that they have to go to to do that, like the, you know, the mandate to force turnovers and get out and transition and hammer the offensive glass, like that opens them up to things that, that hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Look, I don't know, A, whether Nick, knows, Nick Nurse is going to be the coach of this team next year and beyond. 
um, or B, if like, you know, the, there was a different type of personnel, if he would be willing to to change his defensive scheme because mm-hmm. he's on record as saying like, this is just the way that he believes defense should be played. <laughs> but one way or another. All right, dude. <laughs> I've been saying this for a long time, as you know, like when you had me on before the season and you asked me for, you know, my kind of one big overarching bold take, I was like, I was basically like, they can't go anywhere, like continuing to defend in this fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, So sooner or later, that's going to have to change. And I think that even with a obvious downgrade in terms of defensive ability, some sort of schematic tweaks, some improvement on offense can can help smooth things out at that end mm-hmm. of the floor. So I'm still like, do, do I think that, you know, they should just like punt on this idea of like going out and getting a, a traditional big who can really protect the rim for them? Not necessarily, mm-hmm. but I, I still tend to gravitate toward, you know, like getting a lead guard as being the number one priority. And I wouldn't say Maxi is that right now. Yeah. But I think he has the, kind of potential to grow into that just and again he's kind of that's maybe pie in the sky there aren't yeah. that many guys around the league who you're going to find who have that combination of burst and shooting ability off of the catch off of the dribble on the move like the ability to attack off the catch and really like apply a ton of pressure on the rim like all of those things that the raptors need so desperately Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the downstream benefits of that potentially could be, okay, if you're able to get a player like that, then it becomes a lot more palatable to do something where you're maybe flipping Gary Trent to get that rim protecting center. Right. And, and not worrying as much about what you're losing in terms of shooting. Sure. Um, so that, that's kind of the way that I'm conceptualizing it. And like, again, Max is like at the high end of that, at the lower end of that, something we talked about, like maybe an Anthony Simons type. Yep. Yep. Um, Spoiler alert. I've got that fake trade fired up for the last segment, Joe. (laughs) Well, there you go. Um, So yeah, like a young, a young guard, something in that, in that vein. Um, And I think like, you know, if, if you're looking at the Pelicans, that's the one where I feel like you can kind of get a little bit the best of both worlds. Like they have some pretty enticing picks that they could put on the table. Yeah. And some enticing young players that don't rise to the level of like a maxi in terms of, you know, their prospect pedigree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm in love with Dyson Daniels. I'm can only imagine that the Raptors front office is in love with Dyson Daniels. I mean, he's a guy <laughs> who's six foot eight who can handle the ball and defend like what and can't what shoot more, yet, right? And, uh, and can't shoot. <laughs> he baby. takes all the boxes. <laughs> Bobby Webster just goes to bed at night holding Dyson Daniels' rookie card. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but like, yeah. A, you know, Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, who I don't think they're going to trade, but like they have, they have. Spoiler the right alert. I got Trey Murphy fired up in a fake trade in the next segment, too. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's happening, but I would love mm-hmm. to get Trey Murphy. Um, but so, yeah, I think if you're not going to be able to get the sort of like one silver bullet type of young guard in return, then. I would be looking at a team like New Orleans where you could get like a pick mm-hmm. or two and or, you know, a, a prospect or two. Whereas like I just, you know, Memphis, I know they have a ton of picks that they can offer, but like I'm so underwhelmed by the young talent that they would conceivably be throwing in a deal like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that just doesn't move me to nearly the same extent. And that's one where like, OK, if you were to do a deal like that, where it's pick heavy 
And, you know, the, the players that you get are guys who are maybe going to contribute, you know, like two, three, four years down the road. Then I think that would signal, you know, a, a desire for this to be more of like a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think going the route where you're, you're getting an established player who can help you in a lot of ways that you really need help, mm-hmm. you know, they could turn around and be a really good team as early as next year. Yeah. And I think, you know, the idea of trading OG for some sort of lead shot creating guard kind of speaks to the concern of keeping OG long term too, right? Like, do you want to pay what it's going to cost to keep OG on his next contract for a guy who has not shown a capacity to create for himself or others on a consistent basis? And is that the most important skill to be tying up your big chunks of salary cap space for, right? In this NBA where offense is king, like... I, I think there's a compelling argument to maybe giving a little bit back on the defensive end in order to add some offensive juice to, to your side. And, you know, I, I think I'm maybe more optimistic about what Scotty Barnes is going to end up as defensively. Obviously, it's not been great his first year and a half. There have been flashes, and I think there is some sort of good defensive player in there somewhere. Obviously, Precious, like we know Pascal's a good defender as well. Like, it's not like they're just there without any defensive infrastructure if they do trade OG. And, you know, that's something that they, I'm, I'm sure they'll prioritize in the draft and stuff too, because that's what they love to prioritize in the draft. So, um, yeah. you know, I think I'm a little less concerned about giving away the defense in interest of sort of just making the team make more sense conceptually and giving them a little bit more shot making juice. And honestly, I think just the, the idea of just rebalancing things and making the overlap that's very clear on the roster right now go away a little bit is another kind of argument in favor of it too. Um, yeah, for sure. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because I know you want to have a whole fake trade segment, but uh, like the, the idea of maybe getting, you know, multiple quality rotation players to, to help with the depth issue, which is a Mm -hmm. huge issue. Like it is glaring slap you in the face issue. It's enormous. (laughs) So even just that Mm -hmm. and, and the, you know, the one that you would recommend it to me, this was like, you know, three or four weeks back now, but uh, you suggested the the Kings deal for like Keegan Murray and Davion Mitchell, Mm -hmm. which I think would be interesting. Like, again, neither of those players is is replicating what OG does. Like, I think Mitchell's a really, really good on-ball defender, but not nearly as versatile in terms of the types of players he can guard or what he can do as a help defender. Sure. But... Um, you know, just the idea, like the the notion of getting two players who can be like, you know, significant parts of your rotation. Like, mm-hmm. I just had to stop and think about that and be like, man, that would really help this team, you know, um, just to get two rotation players for one, yeah. even putting aside like the financial breathing room that that would provide. And, um, you know, the I, I'm not I don't think as high on Keegan Murray as some people seem to be. But just mm-hmm. for that reason, like. Uh, I, I would have to think about it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's that's something to consider too. Like if you can find a way to just pull in a couple of quality rotation players that again are young and under team control maybe for longer than OG is, mm-hmm. then that could be, you know, a big benefit as well. Yeah, and like normally I'm not uh, in favor of the idea of trading a good player for like worse players in the interest of depth or the bench or whatever. But like in this specific team construct, that's kind of exactly what they need. And then you add in the fact that OG on the floor, I mean, 
We've seen over the last month, the Raptors' offense has gotten better as OG's role has become a fifth guy's role, essentially, on the floor when he's out there with the Raptors' starters. And it's because he's not wasting possessions doing these little forays into isolation ball and mismatch hunting that he's just not incredibly efficient with. And if you're able to kind of excise that very clear, I think, tension on the floor in terms of touch distribution and shots and all of that, and, and also bolster the bench, it's not all that dissimilar from trading Rudy Gay for a bunch of guys who just were regular good basketball players who could fill in the back parts of that 13-14 team's bench. OG's probably a better player right now than Rudy Gay was then, but it's very different, totally different players, totally different context, but similar idea, I think. Let's come back on the other side, Joe, dive into some fake trades, shall we? And you can tell me whether they're good or bad. They're all good, because I came up with them, of course, but uh, you know we'll get into them in just one sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in America and the number one sports book in our hearts here at Locked On. If you're new to FanDuel, that's great. They have so many great features that make betting on fan- on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app and get in on the Super Bowl 57 action with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I'm sure you can even bet now on Kyrie Irving's next team if you want to do something like that. Why would you? Who's to say? But you can do it if you want. FanDuel is the sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and LockedOn NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on. I sadly did not have time to come up with a fake OG for Kevin Durant trade, so we'll do save that for another day. Uh, but Joe, I do have some fake trades for you that I want to run by you, as we did last month when you were on to talk about Fred Van Vliet. All of those trades were excellent and perfect. These ones are as well. Let's pull up the first one I've got. The Portland Trailblazers, the first of two deals I've concocted for, for with the Portland Trailblazers here. A bit of a mix of the things we've talked about here. Shaden Sharp. I did not think of Shaden Sharp as someone the, the, the Blazers might part with at all. However, on the Hoop Collective today, he was brought up as like, yeah, they, they, they could put him on the table, that type of thing. I don't know what kind of reporting that is. It's all hearsay and all of that. But Shaden Sharp would certainly be an interesting young piece to add to this team. Uh, super talented, extremely young, uh, fits the Scotty Barnes timeline, fits the uh, ethos of having guys who dunk all cool on the team that they seem to be building up as well. Uh, I've thrown in a 2025 first rounder here from the Blazers as well, top five protected, and Josh Hart, who's essentially an expiring. He's got a weird deal. Uh, but Josh Hart would be a pretty interesting piece on this team as well. Uh, just so everyone knows as well, all the deals I came up with here keep the Raptors under the tax and keep the other team or whatever their tax situation was going into it because the tax is an implication here. You got to keep an eye on. But uh, thoughts on this one here, Joe. Josh Hart, Shaden Sharp, first round pick for OG and then Wancho for some salary matching going back. You're giggling. Is it? <laughs> my, well, my immediate thought is, okay, so that's the, the fanspo trade machine, right? Yeah. Which has like, yeah. player player archetype definitions. I'm just cracking up at OG's being shot creator. <laughs> <laughs> no one's calling this a perfect website, Joe. Um, 
Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. Like, I think that 2025 pick with a light protection could wind up being pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that this is quite enough. I think Sharp's like a really exciting player. He's obviously crazy athletic and, mm-hmm. you know, he has some ball skills too. He can shoot it like he's, he's going to be good, I think. But I just, I don't know. I would want something maybe with a little bit more certainty. Like I think he's still sure. a bit of a mystery man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though he, as a really young rookie, he is, you know, coming to the league and showcased some, uh, impressive skills and physical tools. Obviously, they can play up at the NBA level. And then it's like for Sharp, uh, for uh, what's his name, for Hart to be the kind of like established player that would fill out that deal. Uh, I, you know, I get the idea of him being almost like a, you know, a, a homeless man's OG on defense. <laughs> and like, um, he, you know, he has some positional versatility, like he can guard up a little bit. Uh, he was a fun transition player who I think would fit in well with the Raptors kind of um, high tempo ethos. But like, mm-hmm. he's also, first of all, he's going to be a free agent. He's yeah. got this like weird mutual option in his contract that, you know, he, he, if he opts out, which he will, then he's just an unrestricted free agent. And then I don't know. I mean, I guess you could bring him back at a, you know, potentially a reasonable figure and feel okay about it. But like, especially if you move off from Gary um, and sort of swap guy out for guy, very different guys, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Hart's interesting. Cause he's like a good slasher. Um, and, you know, he does a pretty good job of getting to the rim, but he just was like weirdly shot averse mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not that good at shooting in the first place. So I don't know how I feel about this one. This is like definitely at the lower end where I would consider it, but probably just hold out for something better. And again, if I was doing a deal with the Blazers, I would probably want Simons to be the kind of main guy that I targeted. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because here's my Simons framework. Here we get Inferni Simons, Trenton Watford for salary matching, and it's straight up OG an Otto Porter Jr. going back the other way, a guy who in theory could help out the Blazers next season and be the kind of dude who uh, Damian Lillard has not played enough with over his career or too much with. I don't know. Uh, either way, thoughts on just the straight, essentially a Simons for OG swap. Yeah, see, now we have an equitable shot creator for shot creator trade. Like, this, <laughs> <laughs> this makes sense. Um, Noted shot creator Trendon Watford, right? Is that what they have for him? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is uh, this is really interesting to me. Like, I think, again, it is probably at the lower end of the type of player that I would want back in this mold because... Mm-hmm. Like, Simon's a very good shooter and especially a good, like, self-creator, right? Like, he can mm-hmm. really shoot it off of the bounce. I think he's a pretty good pick-and-roll playmaker as well. Um, It's really just a question of, like, is he ever going to even approach, like, league average as a defender? Yeah. And I, that if you're asking great. me that question now, I, I would say <laughs> the answer is probably no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's when you would probably have to start worrying about whether again a defense that has underperformed Mm -hmm. is going to be able to survive you know and 
I guess like these potential deals all have ripple effects, right? Like does making this trade affect like how you approach negotiations with Fred Van Vliet or, Mm -hmm. you know, trade talks involving Van Vliet or Gary Trent. I think like one way or another, like the the ideal backcourt mate for Simons would be somebody like last year's version of Fred Van Vliet, like early last year's version of Fred Van Vliet. But Mm -hmm. this year's version that like is a little bit flimsier at the point of attack and doesn't provide as much cover for a weaker point of attack defender. I, that, that might get tough. Like you might have a really hard time, um, you know, crafting an above average defense if that's if that's what things look like on the perimeter. Well, what say you to this? I, you know, I think if you trade for Simons, like you said, it has ripple effects. It probably affects the way you approach Trent and Fred. And I would imagine it raises the chances you trade both of them, honestly, because um, both I think would be a little bit dicey fits defensively if if fred's defensive season is to be believed just as his new level going forward then i think that's dicey mm-hmm. so in theory you make this deal you get simons for og we talked last month about the idea of a fred van vliet to the clippers deal where terrence mann is sort of the the centerpiece coming back does a simons terrence mann backcourt interest you at all is that just like penciling yourself into the ninth seed every year obviously you have siakam and barnes that they're paired with and i think the fits there are pretty nice but mm-hmm. um you know just i don't know your your initial idea of the raptors opening day backcourt next season being and fernie simons and terrence mann <laughs> <laughs> we're really getting into the weeds now eh? oh i mean what else is there to do man this team stinks uh <laughs> okay all right so, so you you do the fred trade where you get terrence mann Mm-hmm. And I think you you would hope to get Kennard in that deal also, so that that boosts your shooting and mm-hmm. deepens your bench. Or then like Kennard or Covington, I suppose, would be in there too. But Kennard, please. Yeah, much prefer that. But um, okay, <laughs> then you then you turn around and you trade Trent for Pirtle. Okay, Ooh. so now you've got like like a pretty solid safety net mm-hmm. on the back line, you know, between Pirtle. Siakam, you know, and Barnes, who as much as he struggled at the point of attack and can be a spacey off-ball defender, I do think the way to get the most out of him as a defender is to have him more in that roamer role. Yeah. And I think that's if you're looking at ways that he can grow into being an impact defender, it is in that in that role. So mm-hmm. yeah, that could work. Let's do it. Let's do all, all right. those deals. All of those deals. We've just done the deadline, put it in chisel it in stone. Let's go to the next one I have here. This one involves the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, This one, we get both the young dudes. None of the picks. Wow. None of the picks. It's all dudes in this trade. OG, you get to reunite Wancho with Willie Hernan Gomez. Malachi Flynn is just there. Uh, And you get Devontae Graham, who I would imagine is a deal the Pels would be happy to get off of. And you get Trey Murphy and Dyson Daniels. The I think the selling point for the Pels here is they keep all of their picks for future deals or just to draft players with those picks. And you can, in theory, replenish the loss of Murphy and Daniels to recent draft picks of your own. The Raptors get Daniels and Murphy to kind of build things around. There's no uh, picks coming back here, but maybe you don't care if you're getting Trey Murphy and Dyson Daniels. Thoughts on this one? Uh, I would do it. Uh, the Pelicans would not. I, I no? don't think there's any way they're doing this. Fair enough. Like this is like okay, so Trey Murphy's in the second year of his rookie deal. Dyson Daniels is a rookie. Yes. It's I, I think that they're just not gonna do that. I, I can't even you know, even with the tantalizing prospect of getting off of that Devontae Graham contract, <laughs> I cannot imagine them 
going this far to get OG. I think they value those guys really highly. And they should. They're really good young players. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is like the the Pelicans obviously like started the season really strong and mm-hmm. proved that they could potentially be ready to contend like as soon as this season. But like they don't have to, you know, like they yeah. don't have to make a desperation move like this. Their core guys are still super young and under contract for a while. Like there's no like, yes, there's an opportunity, but it's that's different from desperation. Yeah. And I think a move like this would be kind of on the desperate side of things. Like, I actually think they would probably rather do a deal that involved them putting like three first rounders on the table than one that sent both Trey mm-hmm. Murphy and Dyson Daniels out the door. I, I think that's pretty unlikely to happen. Now, if, if there's a deal where one of those guys came in, you know, and like you swapped in, a, you know, maybe one of the Lakers picks that they own, then I don't know. That, that could be an interesting framework that they might be more amenable to. But yeah. um, I guess the argument from the other side is, are Trey Murphy or Dyson Daniels ever going to be as good as OG Ananobi? The answer is, I mean, maybe uh, different types of players, obviously, but like, you know, the idea of adding OG to that team right now, I do think you're right in that earlier in the season before this 10 game losing streak, they found themselves on and the injuries they've dealt with. Like, if they were still in that upper crest of the West, maybe they're more talked into doing something like that because they think, oh, the title is there for us if we do it right this year. Um, but you might be right in that. It's just not a desperation time move for the Pelicans. Like, they don't need to. There's there's plenty of runway that they can work with. Let's go to my next one here, Joe. This one is with the Grizzlies. And, yeah, I think I'm out on the Grizzlies as a partner, honestly. The more I think about Zaire Williams and David Roddy and all the other sort of dudes they have to throw into a deal... I'm just pretty nonplussed. I, I threw one first-round pick in there. It would probably be more than that if it's Zaire and David Roddy coming back the other way. Um, I probably shortchanged them on the, the picks here. I think Gri- the Grizzlies should, like, make the best offer, if that makes sense. Like, they should go out yeah. of their way to get OG because there's no excuse for them not to, and they could win the title with him this year. But um, just we don't have to go with this exact specific construction. Um, and you could throw Dylan Brooks in if you want, although I don't know why the Grizzlies would add Dylan Brooks to an OG trade where they could just have both and never get scored on against <laughs> ever. Um, but thoughts on just the, the concept of the Grizzlies more than maybe the specific one of Danny Green, Zaire Williams, David Roddy, and firsts, uh, you know, TBD. Yeah, no, I think they, I would be open to that if like more picks were added. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that's one where like if you did that, it would be more of a, long-term forward-looking kind of move and mm-hmm. you know maybe subsequent moves would have to reflect that uh they have the warriors 2024 pick which i think could actually be a really good asset like sure yeah that's if they're putting that on the table then i'm interested right um i'm i'm not a big zaire williams guy yeah the injury seems to have really uh, stunted his development, it seems. Yeah, and I don't want to like read too much into the 20 or so games that he's played this year, you know, coming off of that injury. And I thought he had a pretty good showing in the playoffs last year. So, um, yeah, he could he could grow into a player, but I I don't know. That's mm-hmm. it's still just like from a from a prospect perspective, a little underwhelming to me. Like the the kind of jewel of that trade in my mind would be that Warriors 2024 first. Because they're like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, they're kind of teetering, and Draymond might be gone after this season. Like, that's... They'll be another year older for a team that's already old. Um, Yeah. They'll they'll, they'll be another year into convincing themselves James Wiseman's worth keeping around. Uh, You know, all that. Let's go to my last one here, Joe. 
This one's with the Phoenix Suns and uh, DeAndre Ayton's involved. It's Landry Shamit, DeAndre Ayton, and a 2023 first from the Suns for Ken Birch, OG, and Gary Trent Jr. The Raptors get the center they've apparently lusted after forever. There was almost a sign-in trade reportedly in the offseason. I think, I think the mileage on DeAndre Ayton varies more vastly than pretty much any player in the eyes of the beholder, but uh, thoughts on using OG and just to get the center that the Raptors have uh, not had for a very long time, it makes things a little sticky, I think, and you know I'm not sure where you're at on Ayton as a player in general, but this seems like uh, maybe something you could look into. What are your thoughts? I mean, bring me Cam Johnson instead of Landry Shamit, and yeah. we're cooking with gas. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, OG and Trent. Yeah, I'll say this, man. I think that the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction on Aiton. Like, mm-hmm. people are just really quick to forget how huge he was in that playoff run that got the Suns to the finals. Yeah. Like, he, I, I understand everyone wants to say, like, he's just playing with Chris Paul and he's a Chris Paul merchant. And, like, that's pretty much like where he derives all of his offensive value. I don't think that's entirely fair or true. And I also think like having watched that playoff run and seen how well he acquitted himself defensively, you know, guarding the likes of Nikola Jokic and, you know, Giannis, honestly, like obviously he wore down as that final series went along, but like, I don't know, man, that like that dude brought it in the highest leverage moments and that means something to me. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. he's still the guy who did that. Even if since then he has frustrated a lot of people with his, you know, offensive stagnation, his wavering attention level and, and give a shit meter on defense. Like that guy is still in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm not as down on him as consensus seems to be right now. But I think if you're trading OG and, Trent I would want to do better than this and like again if if they were willing to put Cam Johnson on the table yeah uh, on top of Aiton I would be 100% in because I think Cam Johnson is really good and I think even if you were just to structure you know an OG to Phoenix trade that didn't involve Aiton coming back yeah you know something like Cam Johnson and a couple of picks would would whet my appetite for sure yeah Johnson Sarich and picks uh, does make sense like money wise I'm pretty sure I didn't Pick that one for the show because the eight and one I thought was a little more intriguing. But yeah, yeah, you can craft all sorts of different things with the Suns. They also have a lot of picks to potentially dangle out there as well. Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, <laughs> if they like, okay, you get to two thirty, two fifty, two forty five, whatever time it is, they'll make the decision on Thursday, Joe. There's a deal on the table, somewhat close to one of the better ones we've seen here. Do you just take the best offer at 245 on Thursday for the Raptors or do you because like presumably there will be lots of offers on the table and you get to have your pick of all the different ones that are there. We don't know what they are, obviously. So this is a hard question to answer for a nuanced fellow like yourself. But 245 comes around. There's seven different offers from seven different teams on the table. You're there having to make the call. Do you just say, all right, let's just take the best offer now or roll it over to the summer? No, I think you take the best offer. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. And again, that's assuming that there's going to be an offer that kind of rises to the level mm-hmm. or close to the level of the stuff we've been talking about. And uh, if, yeah, assuming that that's the case, then yeah, I think you got to take it. Yeah. Like, I, just, I did have, 
I did have one more I wanted to throw your way that I uh, forgot to upload into my little uh, bank of options here. Let's do this one. One sec. From the Knicks. Isaiah Hartenstein, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly. Mm-hmm. A first and uh, one of the their fake firsts for OG. Thoughts? How did they wind up with that that 2025 Milwaukee pick? Where did that come from? I, I have no idea where any of their picks came from. I, that, I'm still confused about the Jalen Duran situation at the draft. I feel like that uh, <laughs> just sent everything out of whack. Um, I'm just going with what they had available on the Fanspo trade machine. So maybe that's not even a pick they have, but they have all sorts of those sort of you know protected picks from other teams. So swap in one as you like. But thoughts on this um, one? Yeah, done. Yeah. I, quickly, I want I quickly love on the quickly. I love Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would, yeah. And, and in, like kind of in the, in the tier, I guess, of guards that we were talking about, like the kind of guard that you would want mm-hmm. to get back in exchange. Someone who just has like a quick first step. Uh, he, he's like, hasn't really shot the ball well, but he's a very willing shooter, which I think mm-hmm. is super important. And, he just kind of gets into the teeth of the defense. And like, honestly, defensively, if you're comparing him to somebody like Maxi or Simons, I think he's like way beyond those guys at that end of the floor. Yeah. Um, I would be thrilled to get Emmanuel quickly. And then you like, you throw picks on top of that and potentially yeah. Obi Toppin as well. I actually am like thinking the Knicks would almost certainly not do this. Right. <laughs> um, but honestly, even if you took Toppin out of that deal, I would, I would think long and hard and probably pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. It's interesting stuff, man. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Uh, I think the sort of takeaway from this show, if you're the listener, is we think the Raptors should trade OG and Obi. It makes us very sad as OG acolytes, but uh, it just might be the time to pull off that Band-Aid and make a proactive move, which uh, the Raptors maybe haven't done a whole lot of in the recent history. Uh, Joe, thanks so much for coming on, man. I'm sure you have to go write blogs about the uh, stupid Nets now, so thank you for taking up your afternoon to chat with me about this, uh, a far more fun topic. Uh, Anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? You've got lots of great writing over there on the score these days, correct? Um, I mean, I won't speak to the quality of it, but it's certainly there. Oh, come on. Don't do that. I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, speak on it for me. I appreciate it. Um, I, I do have all my writing uh, over at the score uh, on the website or the app. Um, so if you haven't, if you don't have the app on your phone, I don't know, download it, yeah. check it out if you're inclined, right. or you can just follow me on Twitter at Joey underscore W. I tweet out most of my work there um, and you can uh, listen to pound the rock weekly or sometimes twice weekly with myself and Joseph Kasharo, where we cover a wide range of topics around the NBA and sometimes even the Raptors. It is. I've said it when you've been on the show before, it is the best NBA podcast. If you just want to know, you want to listen to dudes talking ball. That's the podcast for you, baby. Uh, We're going to round it out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, follow rate review, all that good stuff and all the different podcast apps and on YouTube. Of course, we'll be back again on Monday to uh, maybe talk about new Toronto Raptor, Kevin Durant. Right? Yeah, we'll talk about Kevin Durant, new Toronto Raptor on Monday, among other things, probably. Or, or Emmanuel Quickly, you know, one of the Or I'll Emmanuel Quickly. Hey, why not both, I say. Uh, mm. the, the new Durant Quickly Big Two, it's going to shape the future of the league. I don't know, man. The NBA's drunk. We're going to leave it there. Have a great weekend. Bye bye. Prime members. 
you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.